Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Bunnett. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Hello, Marjorie. Hello. You are the cleverest thing. I'm looking at the title for the show. Look at you, little Miss Pun. Please share it with the people, will you? The title, the theme of this episode is 40 and 4. I love it. As in, you hit a golf ball a long way and you want to alert people that it is on the way. Four. So we're talking today about turning 40 and also taking up golf. Now, these are kind of like the things on the surface, but of course, we're going to go deeper than that because what happened to me recently as I took up golf something that I have resisted for many, many years, yes. <laughs> many years, actually turned into a really interesting sort of like self-examination right. and, and an assessment of why I don't do things that I don't think I'll be good at and how I've oh. sort of applied labels to myself yep. that maybe are inaccurate and are holding me back from experiencing things that I might A, really like and B, actually be good at. And so it got me thinking that maybe if I'm doing these things, I'm not the only one. And there are other people living this dysfunctional life too. Okay. (laughs) So that's a a really important thing that you said, because we've talked about this on the podcast before of shying away from that, that you were afraid of passing that on to, at the time we were talking about Bernie, Yeah, that you were afraid that because she got frustrated with something and just stopped and that you and Jay were a really nice balance in that he's sort of like, no, 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 you go back and you do it again. We practice. We practice. We don't, you we get, don't get good at anything that we don't practice. That's Jay. Right. Which is like so logical, but so many of us, I think a little bit that are a little bit type A. Yeah. You want to make sure that, oh, I'm good at this from the get go. I'm not going to, I'm not going to risk anything that I may not be able to master. So I think this is a really good thing to own, to know about yourself. And to know that you might be modeling that for your, you know, for your kids. It's totally true. That's okay. Cool. So I posted about this on Instagram and I thought I might just read the Instagram post and mm-hmm. that might help everyone kind of get the backstory. So I posted this last week and I said, what a day. Six weeks after starting lessons with my friend and former LPGA pro Karen Weiss, who just came out of retirement and placed 10th in the U.S. Senior Open. That's Side cool. note, Karen Weiss, also our farmer. She runs Littlefoot Farm in Afton. She's been a guest on the podcast. This is how I know Karen. This and you know great. her too. Yeah, it's amazing. So I go on to say, I played my first round of golf in the Legends Classic uh, Pro-Am with Karen at the helm of this wonderful team. I resisted this game for a long time, telling myself I wouldn't be good at it. I don't have the time. And I should be doing things that are more productive than playing a game. I have a busy full-time job, three little ones, and I just turned 40. 
And as it turns out, I actually am athletic. I deserve to take time for myself. And being outside while connecting with supportive friends and challenging myself physically and mentally is, in fact, incredibly productive. And then I went on to just thank the people who were there. Uh, I had a really great team of women that I played in this Pro-Am event with. And it got me thinking so much. I There were so many comments about this where people were saying, I took up golf, or I'm so proud of you for doing that, or this, even if it has nothing to do with golf, it was that inspiration of what have I been telling myself? The athletic thing really struck me, Marjorie, because I have never been an athlete. I had like a brief stint on the track team in middle school, and that was it. And I never... Well, here's a hint up on that real quickly, though, too. I ran cross country in high school, and I can effectively say... I am not an athlete. <laughs> so, but here's what so, happened. <laughs> you know what? It might you might find that you actually are. I I might argue that like every body is yeah. an athletic body. Like every yes. body was born to yeah. move and to do things because when I started golf, I started learning and taking lessons and then I went in to have my swing analyzed to get golf clubs right. and I took my first swing and Jesse who is at PXG was teaching me and she was like you're she was like you must be an athlete like this swing is amazing and I was like if this is on tape we had a <laughs> photographer there and I was like you have got to be kidding me I am not in any way an athlete and right. she played college golf she played on the tour right And she said, no, you are like, this is athletic. And so it got my brain going, oh my gosh, what have I been telling myself that I'm not good at that I might really be good at? Well, I think the difference is, and so I joke about, I am not an athlete. I did. I ran cross country for two years with my sister was on the team as well. And we used to laugh because we would battle not to be in last place. (laughs) And we would laugh about it. You know, you'd be running the cross-country course. And, you know, I think my best time for two miles was just under 14 minutes. Yeah. That is not championship time. <laughs> that is last place time. But what it was good, and when I look back at it, is I think you're exactly right, is everybody is meant to move. And it was fun to train with a team. That was an experience I had not had until my junior year of high school. It was fun to, or my sophomore year of high school. It was fun to train with a team. Even if I was the worst on the team, it was fun to be a part of a team. Right. And I think and I think that's kind of the lesson for all of us is I was an athlete. I was training really hard. <laughs> I just wasn't I wasn't good at it in that sense that I was winning races, but I finished the races mm-hmm. and my body did that just fine. And I think that that's something that I think in this idea of you're only an athlete if you're on a team and you're, and you're a winner good. on that team yeah. and you're good. I dispelled that fantasy <laughs> in high school. And so I think you're exactly right to realize that, that your body should move. And if you, if you have a natural stroke of golf, what that's going to do for you is just make it more fun. Right. That's awesome. That's so exciting for you. It was, it's been really exciting. And I felt like it was really, I was held back for a few reasons for doing this. Number one, I, I think the first thing was really that I thought it was stupid to spend this much time playing a game. And Jay does it all the time. I mean, Jay golfs all the freaking time. He is constantly, (laughs) the man is golfing all, he's on a plane right now coming back from a golf event. I mean, that is his life. And I have thought, you're not accomplishing anything. 
you're not like growing anything that you're going to eat. You're not making anything that you're going to like use later. You know what I mean? Because I have respect for hobbies. You know this. I am a hobby person. I really think hobbies are wonderful. But to your point, you just labeled it. They have to be productive. They have to be a means to an end. You have to get an egg out of it. If you don't get an egg out of it, what are you doing? Then why are you doing it? It's not like it's, uh, you know, I mean, I think golf does definitely, it's good for your physical fitness, but it's not like running. It's not like playing a game where it's like going to be amazing for your physical fitness. Right. It's It's not not something like that. You're not going to get huge cardio. No. So, I mean, to be perfectly frank. You're not doing it to like fit into a smaller jean size. I mean, this is the right. reality of where my je- my brain goes. I'm not right. proud of that. I'm just telling you that that's what it is. Right. That's so what was I, holding you back. So I thought for so long, there is absolutely no point to this because this is the most unproductive, dumb <laughs> thing ever. And you just like follow along in a cart with this little ball And at the end of it, you're probably going to be just kind of frustrated. And I don't know why you're doing this. And what I had learned then over this course of this process is that my definition of productive is very limiting. And you don't have to be creating something. Like this is how end product focused I am. I cannot be the only person like this. That I have kind of tricked myself into saying that I really am appreciating the journey, you know, like with sourdough, like I, and I do appreciate the process, right. but I only appreciate the process of something if there is a useful end result in my right. book. Right. And you can do things just to do things. And the process in and of itself is the productive part, not the end result. This has been a real 180 in my brain. I think this is a huge, huge breakthrough for you. <laughs> I do. I think this is a really big deal because it's going to, this will, this will flow out into other parts of your life. That's what I of think. How you, of how you look at things and their purpose. And I might say, and I, I, I tread here carefully, it will change how you feel about Jay going out to play golf. It already which, does. Yeah. Yeah. Which lessens the tension, I think. Not that... I, I'm not saying that there was any tension. Absolutely there's tension. Are you kidding me? When he's like, we have three little kids, Marjorie. When he's like, oh, yeah, I got a tea time. I mean, if I hear the word tea time, I want to like throw something. I want to take, I want to take a cup of tea and pour it over his head. Absolutely. Yeah, take your tea time. Get out of here. No, honesty. There's total tension about it. And one part of it I have gotten better about is I've really, Number one, I think I've started to ask more questions where I say, like, who are you golfing with? And then it's, oh, I'm golfing with this guy from this company and this from this. And so then, but again, then I get in my brain, oh, well, that's useful. Okay, so if you're golfing with someone who, like, might potentially close a deal with you, then I can understand the investment of that that time in that person. But if you're just going for fun... I don't, I, I don't uh, compute. I can't compute why you would just do it for fun without right. a really like important end result there. Which now you can probably see for Jay, it's a game that he loves that has facilitated business. But for somebody who loves the game, sometimes it must be really fun for him to just go play. Just go play. And yeah. he doesn't really get to just go play. Yeah. He plays with a purpose. Right. And because so the times when he gets to I don't to go allow play. him to just go play. <laughs> well, he can't. I oh, mean, listen, on the weekends, is, like, so, you can't be gone for five hours on the weekends when we right. have three tiny kids. I don't know but what to is, tell you. 
This is a huge breakthrough. And I'm so happy for you because I think this will open up so many other things in your life that don't have to have an end result. Okay, do you do this, though? I mean, are you end result? Like, what are your hobbies that you just do that you don't care about an end result? Okay. Well, you're kind of quiet here. Yeah, because, Elizabeth, this will be no surprise to you that we are very much alike. Right, in this way. (laughs) This is why we are friends on many levels. And it is... is, Like, does Ian do stuff just for the fun of it and just for the process and not, not obsessing over an end result? Here's the punnet problem. Oh, Here is gosh. the punnet problem. Yeah. The punnets work. Yeah. We work. And, you know, we have found an industry where, especially when we were doing talk radio, that it was really possible to work 24-7. Yeah. Um, Ian always likened doing a talk show to being a shark, where you're constantly swimming with your mouth open for food, because you're <sighs> just always looking for... You're looking for something to talk about. You're looking for an interesting angle. So when we were doing that, it was always working. We were always working. And we were both of the of the real belief that every hour on the air was about an hour to two hours of prep time. And we lived that. We yeah. prepped hard for our show. So, and that hasn't really changed. Even my hobby, which was, you know, I, I would renovate a house or I would decorate the house. And so that was always going on. But that felt like a good thing because it had a purpose because in the end, we would you probably money. sell the house and I would yeah. make money. And so hobbies, I have a long list of hobbies that I fantasize about, but I don't really do. But as we're talking about this, like I would really like, I used, I would really like to really know how to sew. Great. Like that's, but again, it goes back to your point. The only reason I could, do, I have so much fabric in this house. I am a fabric hoarder. It goes back to that idea that I would only do something that would have an end result. Uh-huh. Like, why would I make something if I couldn't wear it? This is like what I happens could, to me with knitting it, and why I'm yeah. unable to finish a knitting project. Because, because as soon why? as I make a mistake, I don't yeah. know how to fix the mistake. And then I realize it's not going to be perfect. And so then I just unwind the whole thing. Well, I will tell you something about knitting. There was a book. We used to have a sponsor that was a knitwear that sold um, uh, yarn. I oh, can't remember yeah. the name of the client, but we when we were on the air. And so I got this knitting. It was like a book full of knitting proverbs or something. It was a really weird book, but I'll never forget. There was an old Korean proverb. And if I'm getting this wrong, everybody, I'm so sorry. This is what the book said. And this is from like 12 years ago. But they said, when you're knitting, if you make a mistake, that that represents the place where the evil spirits can get out. Oh, geez. So it was a way, but what the, what but was then actually, they get out of your body? No, no, no. What they were saying is that that slight imperfection was a beautiful thing because striving for for perfection is pointless. Yeah. So that represented that letting go of that idea of perfection. I thought it was incredibly profound. Just to think about when you're knitting, that if there is an imperfection, you've let go of that need for perfection. See, to me, it sort of is the same as when you're in a really overly crowded yoga class and they're like, if you accidentally (laughs) touch your neighbor, it means good luck. And I'm like, that's such a bleeping racket. This is, (laughs) you're only saying that so that you can squeeze more people into this freaking yoga class. Yeah, but don't, don't ruin my knitting proverb. <laughs> that, that is not the same. My knitting okay. proverb, it really means something. That's where I but, went. That's but where so, I went. I went dark. To, so to your question, do I know? And I think that's why this is so exciting. Because I do think, and by the way, happy birthday. Oh, thanks. You and I both have summer birthdays. And we just yeah. sort of, we obviously don't celebrate them big with each other. But I'm, happy not birthday. Like a bi- I'm not that big of a birthday person yeah, anyway. Happy birthday. But 
I think what you're talking about is very much a 40 something thing where you've, I, I do, I think you've worked along, not you in particular, but that you I get have. to that point where you've worked for a long time. Yes, yes I know. You I have. have worked for a long time. And you start to look around like, where's the joy? Like, where's the joy? Right. Because life can be very routine in the sense of we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. And I think it's really such, and that's why I think it's such a great thing for you, is that idea of outside of everything else, where do I find the fun? Where do I find the joy? Mm -hmm. And not that you're not finding it in your day-to-day life, but it has to be free of any purpose. Right. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And I can't think of, you know, lest I sound like I know what I'm talking about. Right now, I'm racking my brain to think of the thing that I do in my life that doesn't have some sort of purpose tied to it at the I end. Mean, you and your family, you guys do family games together, though, a lot. We do. We do. You know? and, and, and that's that's fun. I, I kind of think the game thing, though, the game element of it is really that's people do that for fun. I mean, I guess you can have, like, this obsessive winning thing in your mind if you want to ruin it and and it does ruin it if you play a game with someone who's obsessed with winning guess what happens they ruin the activity for everyone but even i would say we played a lot of games growing up a lot of scrabble a lot of lot a lot of games one of those scrabble games ended with me throwing tiles though so that but but we did play a lot of scrabble we played a lot of things but i would say in light of this discussion i could just I could justify the time that it would take for all of us to play. And it was fun. No toys yeah. about it. It was fun that I was helping to grow the boys' brains. Oh, see, Marjorie, you had a, you had a end result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was so no. So that's how I justify the fun. I, I pay the tax for fun by making sure that it has like some good side effect. Yeah. And, and I, we- I don't think we should. Be living that way all the time, Marjorie. And by nope. me, I mean you and me. I mean, really. <laughs> I don't, I kind of don't think so. I think, I think that we we've might do doing, doing something wrong. I think we might look back and go, we should have had more fun just to have fun. Yeah. yeah. Just to have fun. Just to like it, do it and have fun and not always have to have this purpose. I think we've been sort of told like everything should have this purpose and it should have all this. I I don't know. Well, Elizabeth, you say that and that's a curious thing. I think you're right. And one, were we told or is it innately in our personalities? Like, I don't remember anybody telling me don't have fun. Yeah. I don't remember that either. I, I was always just a really, and I know this to be true, really serious kid. Like just really serious. I just I don't um, remember my parents ever having fun. Like I don't think well, they that's ever had interesting. fun. They didn't have fun hobbies. They didn't have friends. They oh. were they they didn't. I mean, they'll tell you this. They had no friends. They just were all encompassing. I mean, Work. and they were really struggling with uh, financially all the yeah. time. And so they were always like very focused on trying to just figure out how to not spend money, right. but and then how to make money and how to like keep things afloat. I mean, and I mean, honestly, I mean, that's a big thing. I mean, we can sit here and say, you know, we should be having more fun and we should. But when I look at your parents and the way you talk about, and my parents struggled a bit. We were a very boomer bust family. Like we would have great years and then we'd have really crummy years and it was like a little crazy. But the one thing though, my parents did have fun, probably a little bit too much. They were party Um, people. They were party. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. And so I remember a lot of good parties. So... (laughs) 
um, they were, and they had friends. And so they, they did have fun. But I think, you know, it's interesting. I, this will seem like a tangent, but I don't think it is. And it wouldn't be the first time I go on a strange tangent because I was just talking about Korean proverbs. <laughs> but I remember reading an article about Liam Hemsworth's wife. Her name is like Elisa or Alyssa or something. Is this Liam Hemsworth who was married to Miley Cyrus, right? Not Liam, the Chris older brother. Hemsworth. Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Thank yep. you. So help gotcha me with covered. my tangent. And yeah. I was like, Miley? What? <laughs> what kind no, no, of wrecking so, ball tale are you going to tell us? I do love Miley. But Remember that when Wrecking aside, Ball came out and we played that on our radio show all the time? We were like so obsessed with that song. It was so good. Oh, it was so it. good. It was so great. Um, I've done so many deep dives on Miley Cyrus. <laughs> it's so fun. Because, like, she's got some stuff out there that's just great. Anyway, Chris Hemsworth's wife, I think she's Spanish. And she, I think he was talking about her. And he was just talking about that she's just delightful to be around. Oh, that's great. They got together before he was Chris Hemsworth. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, he was kind of a tangential star. I mean, he wasn't like the huge, you know, Thor that he is now. But, but he was talking about that element of the way in which she goes through life with such ease and that she was kind of fun to be around. Mm -hmm. And I'm self-aware enough to know (laughs) (laughs) that that really isn't how I would be described. I just thought that's such a gift. Like that's yeah. such a gift to sort of, and you know, you could rationalize it away and say, of course you're married to Chris Hemsworth. Who wouldn't be, you know, like you have all the money in the world. You're, yeah. But, but I don't think that's it. I think that's who she was before. And I think that's why he fell in love with her. So I do think it's very funny that you say that is not how I would be described because if it makes you feel any better, I have always had a lot of fun, multitude of funs when I'm around you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I just much. made up that term, a multitude of funs. But I just, you know, I just, I wish, I think we should be having more fun. I think yes, we really should. You have fun, but I would call you out and say that I don't think that you move through life with ease. That is not how I would be describing it. For you, I don't think for myself either. Um, because... It's more of like a like a bumpy up against the side. You know when you're like on a water slide? Here's an example. Like you're in like a tube water yeah. slide and some people just like slide right through really easily and then yeah. other people find like all the random dry spots and like scrape up against right. it and kind of twist weird and turn around weird. No, and there's I think I think there's to a, go down the water slide. Yeah, I think there's an element of it too, Elizabeth, that you and I are the kind of people that are like, hey, let's make it go way up high on the sides. Let's make this ride more exciting than it really needs to be. Let's yeah. just make it harder and more dangerous. No, I'm, I'm with you. I think, uh, I think that that's sort of the goal. And it goes back to what we were talking about that started all of this is learning to play golf. <laughs> just letting go of, of what am I producing? What is the end result? Yeah. And just, I think we just did this podcast last week of just being. <laughs> We're that right back where one. we started. I did get a text from my best friend when she heard the um, just be athleisure line that we wanted to do. And she texted me, I want to be an investor. So Tanya wants to be an investor Honestly. in the just be athleisure line. And I think we really maybe have something there. I know my my coworkers at work always joke around with me that they say that if I can find a harder way to do something, I'm going to do it that way. Like, hey, what? 
we could just buy some bread, but let's find a harder way to do it. Let's make it take 48 hours and have to manage a pet, which is a sourdough starter, and then only be satisfied if you're eating that type of bread and then just really disappointed with every other bread that you're eating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's please, true. Please don't find a way to make golf super, super hard. <laughs> I know. Well, I do think, though, that when it comes to, like, moving through life with ease, I think those people are having a better time. Yeah. And so I don't necessarily – overcoming challenges is good. But if you can kind of move about the day with a little bit more ease – I think you're going to end up putting your head on the pillow at night and feeling a little bit better about this. And then also taking an opportunity to step back and go, well, how have I defined myself as a person? How have I said, I'm not this or I'm that? And how can you just strip that away for a minute and figure out who am I and what do I want to do? And just because like you're not an athlete doesn't mean that you can't golf or whatever. I mean, you don't have to be something in order to do something. You just well, do it. I think that's I think that's so important because that, as we always bring this back on Best of the Nest, a lot of what we talk about is we're really trying to create homes and situations and model things for our children that may give them a better life, yeah. psychologically, a better mental health life. <laughs> yes. and, and part of that is how we define ourselves we've 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 sort of touched on this before but how we define ourselves is really who we do become mm-hmm. and it's funny how those things that you think you are when you're 16 or 17 years old yes whether they're good or bad because can become so limiting and i think the minute sort of we limit ourselves and we define ourselves in a certain way or we label ourselves in a certain way we make our our lives so much smaller and i think that's part of like i love the idea that you're going out to play golf, never played it before. You're 40. So what if you're good or you're bad? And I think that that's an overcoming in some ways of a pattern that you've had in your life of not doing things that you're not immediately good at. And that's such a good lesson for for you and for the kids. And Jay already knows it. So good for Jay. But (laughs) half the battle is just looking the part too, man. If you think you're not something, just buy the clothes that make you look like you are. And that's probably true for more things than we think about, you know, just wearing the right clothes. Just wearing the right clothes. And you're in. There you go. I love it. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest or go to bestofthenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, My Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number. 
the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.